Hi, I'm Patrick Schwenk, and I'm so thankful that you are listening in with me today at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission and the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, we just thought a really great way to end season one would be to talk about this theme of becoming the best version of you or becoming who God created you to be. And so as we look back over season one, we're coming to an end here at the end of December. We're taking a short break in the month of January, and then we'll be kicking off season two on February 2nd. So we just thought there's no better way to end season one. We're talking about this theme of who God has created you to be, becoming the best version of who you are. And so we're going to be talking with a a dear friend and guest today about that theme. And so I just can't wait to share today's episode with you and introduce you to our guest and friend. So let's get started. Well, I am grateful to have Claire Smith on the podcast today. Claire has never been one to lack energy. She loves encouraging women of all ages and stages of life to live well physically, emotionally, and spiritually. She's a gifted speaker, blogger, leadership coach, and certified fitness instructor. And you can find her online training body and soul for the race of life at clairesmith.me. Claire, welcome to Root Like Faith. Hey, Pat. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it has been a while since we've talked. It's been, I think it's been at least five years since we've yeah. seen each other. Is that correct? I think so. <laughs> I think the last time that, that we saw, I think I was taking you and Courtney and Karen and Ruth to the airport. I think you guys had all sort of met at our, our apartment at the time there in Ann Arbor, and I was the chauffeur and drove sure. you guys to the Detroit Metro Airport. I don't remember where you guys were going, but I just will say that was the the noisiest car ride I think I've ever experienced. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Was I stuffed in the back with the luggage is the question, because that's where I always get when you, I'm in I think cars. you might have been, yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of words flying around that car yeah. ride. I'll just say it that way. It was no, I remember dropping you guys off and and I just sort of felt like Jesus going into the wilderness. It was like an instant (laughs) silent retreat. (laughs) So anyways, I, I do need to say up front before we kind of dive in, I know a lot of our our listeners will be familiar with, with who you are. And we're going to talk more about, about your story and just your journey. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of helping people discover, you know, who they are being the best version of who they are. I do need to say really quickly though, that, that to our listeners, you are the, you, you have the privilege of being the very first person to ever encourage me to start a podcast. And so I just want to celebrate that right now that, that years ago you were telling me, Hey, you have the voice for podcasting, please start a podcast. So here we are. So Root Like Faith is dedicated to you. Uh, You know, I'm so glad that the Lord opened your heart and your ears (laughs) to my suggestion, because from the moment I met you, I'm like, that guy has a voice for podcasting. (laughs) That's right. amazing. Even now listening to you, I'm just like, I am so glad you're stepping into this. It's so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, finally, finally. (laughs) Finally, finally. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit as we get started. Again, I know a lot of our listeners are are likely familiar with who you are and, and your ministry online, but I mean, just real quickly, you know, tell us a little bit about, for those that May, might not know you or know about your ministry. I mean, tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and, and your family. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I've had an interesting journey um, into where I'm at today, which is much like everyone else. Um, you know, I always have had a, an interest in health and fitness. And, and, and from a young age, it was just something that I think was ingrained in me. And so 
um, as I as I was working through you know high school and into college. I actually went to college for business marketing. Uh, worked in corporate America for you know seven years or so. Um, but knew my husband and I knew that uh, when we had kids that I that I would stay at home and 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 take care of take care of them. And one of the side jobs we thought I could do was to step into the fizz, fitness business, right? So we thought, hey, I'll, I'll be a fitness instructor. Um, it'll be fun. And then maybe eventually turn it, turn back to corporate America. Um, what God did, however, was took my plans as he always has done and just really yanked them around a little bit and, um, or a lot, I guess you could say. And in the process of things, um, as I had the kiddos at home and was teaching fitness classes at my church, uh, a mutual friend, a good friend of ours, Courtney Joseph from Women Living Well, she was in my classes and she had a mm -hmm. blog and she asked me to start uh, kind of start this blog, um, uh, writing for her. And one thing led to another where I opened up my own. And, and so for the past 10 years, primarily, um, I have been able to have this online ministry and platform and it has evolved. It has changed, um, kind of from what it started, the focus, um, and to where it is now. Um, so it's a huge part of my days. Um, I'm also, however, a fitness instructor, a Pilates instructor. I do that at a local Christian college here. Um, I'm also an adjunct professor. That's new over the past three years. Um, and then in the past year, I've, I've stepped into some leadership uh, training and to where I'm now able to coach leaders to be really the best um, uh, knowing themselves and leading themselves and leading other people. And so that is something new in my life as well. So it is a mix of that. But at the end of the day, I'm a mama and a wife. And those two <laughs> things are very important to me. So yeah. we have two kiddos and eighth grade and sixth grade. My husband and I have been married for 17 years. Um, we are very involved in our local church. Uh, we're a church plant. Um, we've been there, I guess, now six or seven years. And so we are both in leadership there. And so that's also takes up a lot of our heart and time and space leading community groups and being parts of lots of meetings and decisions and such. Yeah. So there's a quick version of me. <laughs> that's and that's a lot. That's a lot. It's so a lot. It's a lot. I, I love that. Yeah, there's so many, so many things, you know, like you just said that you have been a part of and that God has been, you know, kind of birthing in you and fanning into into flame. Just it's just, you know, incredible to hear all the different different things that you've been involved in. And just sort of from a from an outside perspective, watching that journey, you're right. I mean, I think you use the language that, that it's evolved. I remember early on, at least as far back as I can remember, um, where there was, yeah, a, a big emphasis on on fitness. And and yet it seems that, that over the years um, that what God was, you know, kind of calling you to do or what you were learning and growing into, there, there became an even greater um, emphasis on not only fitness, but, but fit, you know, fitness and faith and just the intersection mm -hmm. of both of those. <laughs> And the importance of, of both of those or how the body, how, you know, fitness can impact faith. And so I'd love for you to kind of speak into that. I mean, I know uh, you shared just briefly already uh, that journey, but I mean, how did you first get interested in fitness? Mm -hmm. And then how have you seen that really intersect with its importance, you know, in a relationship with Christ? Yeah, like I mentioned, I do believe in some sense God just kind of implanted that in me because at a young age, I just was interested in, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Mouser size, like no. albums that were in the back in the day. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I'm not. 
mouse or size with Mickey Mouse or something. And I remember being in elementary school and really being into that and to get in shape girl. And it was just a natural interest that I had. And then as I got, I was an athlete in high school. So, you know, I was just a, a fairly disciplined person anyways, um, which I think inherently is how God created me to be. And so he merged those worlds for me. And then just being a people person, um, somebody who loved the Lord and found, uh, honestly, um, health and fitness as a way to connect with people. And that was in a high school, you know, that would be me um, with my track team leading us in prayers before we ran regional four by four, you know, yeah. and different <laughs> things like that and Bible studies. So <clears throat> that's kind of how I got into health and fitness. It was a natural thing. Now, what, what, what I tell people is that, you know, it was just a, an easy thing for me initially as I, as I grew in my own faith um, and as I matured, I really, I, I really didn't probably initially make the connection um, of how health and, and faith and fitness and all that rolled together. But as I continued to walk down that path personally in my life and got into my 20s and my 30s and then started interacting with other women, I really, you know, God just gave me this bigger uh, vision and um, uh, for how this would all intersect, because I do believe he's made us uh, mind, body, soul. Um, in spirit. And so you cannot neglect the body. There's so much to our bodies and how it's interconnected. And what I found was that, um, unfortunately, in a lot of Christian circles, it was, it was kind of looked down upon in some ways to like, um, steward your health. Um, it right. seemed a little bit like, uh, vain perhaps, or we shouldn't be taking care of it. Or the only reason you would is because you want to fit in your size four jeans instead of yeah. anything else. And so it, for me, I knew though, inherently that was never it for me. I, I liked all of those benefits, but I also knew there was something to connecting the clarity of mind. I had the ability to, again, uh, steward the gift that God gave me, which was my body and my health, um, and to further the kingdom of God. So how then, um, does that apply in our lives as Christians? How do we, how do we balance that while living here in this world? And so that kind of, um, started an interesting journey for me as God started to develop, uh, my voice and my passion for that as I started my blog. And I was kind of working that out as I kind of was blogging to the women that God was bringing me. So yeah. it is definitely an interesting journey. Yeah. It's so, it is so fascinating. You know, there's a lot you said there, but it is so fascinating. You're talking about how within Christian circles, you know, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, an emphasis on the body is looked down upon. And as you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I love theology. I love church history. I'm kind of a, a nerd in that way. And it is fascinating when you think about the earliest heresies within the church. I mean, we're, we're talking back when the scriptures, I mean, first, second century. I mean, one of the first heresies was this denial of the body. Um, you know, the, the Gnostics were famous for es essentially saying anything associated with, with matter you know, that, that it was evil. And so there was a, a really kind of a downplaying of um, anything physical or uh, material. And, and yet Orthodox Christianity has always placed an emphasis on, uh, on uh, you know, the, the material world. And you just think about the example of, of God taking on flesh. He comes and takes on a body and dwells among us. And so all throughout church history, there's this there's, you know, especially early on in the first centuries, um, you see a lot of those church fathers really rejecting that idea, this, this overemphasis um, on the spiritual, this idea that we have to escape the body. I and mean, that was one of the first heresies. And so you do, you see that all the way back, even, you know, first John mm -hmm. is working against that. He, he mentions that, that, uh, that idea. And then certainly in, in early Christian writings outside the Bible, 
they're rejecting that that idea. I think somebody once said that you know that we're material beings hmm. in a relationship with an immaterial God. And so, hmm. so much of this relationship with who God is and what He's called us to to be and to do is happening. Uh, in a material way within our physical bodies. And, uh. and so this emphasis on, you know, our, our bodies is so important as we think about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and to be a part of of his kingdom work in the world. And so I think you're, you're exactly right. And that really is a journey. I, I know you talked about that, just how that takes time. You, you begin to recognize certain gifts mm. or interests or passions within you way back when you were younger in high school and just how God in that journey begins to show you more and more how he's wired you and gifted you and then how he wants to use that, you know, for, for his, uh, for his kingdom. And so when you talk about helping someone become the best version of mm. who they are, um, you kind of shared a little bit of how, how in that journey, you know, God did that for you and how you're, you're still walking into that in many ways, but how does someone go about beginning to do that? Like is somebody that's listening and they're saying, boy, I, I don't know what I have to offer. I don't know what those passions or those gifts are. And so how do I become the best version of who I am? How do I discover who God created me to be? I mean, how does someone even begin on that journey of discovery? Hmm. I mean, it's it's such a, I think in many ways, a multi-layered um, question and answer there for you because um, there are so many pieces to the puzzle. I really, truly believe um as a Christian. So of course, if we're not talking to anyone here who is not a believer, then maybe the terms Holy Spirit and, um, you know, this, the, the sanctifying of your, of your life becoming more like Christ or is foreign to you, you know, so maybe this would be a different type of a journey for you, but really truly for those of us who have been bought by the blood of Christ and who have the Holy Spirit residing in us, um, he is there to guide us and to help us, I believe, um, in transforming us um, into more like Christ, right? To begin that chiseling process. Um, and he does it through so many different things. And, and he does it situationally. Um, and, and he does it, obviously, through our friendships and just our own personal journeys. I, I really believe, it sounds so trite, it does begin with prayer. You know, it is yeah. one of those things that you, you've got to want it. You've got to yeah. ask the Lord, reach out in faith and say, God, I know that you have something for me, that you are building me and you have a plan for me. And so I want to become uh, the best version um, of myself. And, and I want to be careful because I also feel like um, maybe the world and perhaps Christian culture too has twisted what we think is the best version of ourself (laughs) (laughs) or self-care ish. You know what I'm saying? I'm very careful with that because I think that that can be a little wonky as well. So we, we really need to make sure that we're anchored. Um, that would be definitely one of the the things that I always come back to that I'm tethered to the word, um, of God and what that would look like for me. And in regards to, uh, qualities and characteristics as God begins to shape me and, and really, again, chisel away um, everything that is Claire, that is the uh, earthly Claire, <laughs> yeah. and and really making it the redeemed, holy, and purified Claire. Um, and so I do believe it begins with prayer. Um, I do believe it always is going to have, you, you've got to have a community aspect to it, because I think we get a little dangerous when it's just us <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of going down and thinking like, oh, this sounds like what I should be doing or whatever. I think it's really important for you to have um, a small group of people that are going to help you as you bounce off ideas and as you start to grow um, and, and godly people who who know the word and who want the best for you um, to, to really work with you through that. So I think a community or at least one 
or two other people is critical um, as you kind of begin the process. And then I really think it's just introspection. And there's so many different tools you can use. I mean, we can go from spiritual gifts, right? We can go from talking through that, understanding, you know, maybe ways that God has put something special in you that he's not put in someone else um, to our personality wirings. I think that's a huge piece. You know, if you're an Enneagram person or a Myers-Briggs or a DISC, all that stuff is part of honestly, what I have gone through with my leadership stuff that has just helped me step into more um, understanding of who God has created me naturally um, and then my blind spots (laughs) and my weaknesses. And so- (laughs) I um, seem to have a lot of those. (laughs) A ton of those, you know? And so like having that humble uh, uh, attitude of that, I think is is important. Um, And then I think your natural passions. I think, you know, like I said, for you, for me, um, health and fitness was just something that I didn't have to try- to stir up within me. I just had it and I liked it. And so I believe God is intentional in all of those different things and in different seasons of your life too, right? So um, it is a journey. And so for, I look back at my life and I think, man, what, if I only knew then what I know now, 10 years ago, but guess what? I didn't because God did not, I believe it, well, I wasn't ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for that journey. So I think you have to have the long game in mind. I think you have to have this ability to say, I'm going to have resilience. I'm going to stick with this and I'm going to stay connected to the father because he is going to truly lead me and help me to become that quote unquote best version of myself, which is again, the most, uh, you know, the person who is loving God and loving others uh, the most. That's what the best version is. It's not the one that's the skinniest or the yep. the wealthiest or yep. whatever you want to say, the smartest with the coolest job. You know, I don't fit in any of those categories um, per se, um, but I am somebody who has this strong walk with the father and who loves other people and really wants that to come out. Yeah, no, that's so, so good. I mean, you just mentioned so many, I think, important pieces of that. You're right. I mean, there are just so many um, pieces of, of discovering who God created us, you know, to be. And I think, I think about just my own journey over the years, you know, my, my dad was, was a pastor and hmm. I never heard him once suggest to me that I should think about ministry. And I look back on that now and I, you know, he hmm. passed away in 2010 and I, I wish that I could ask him now, why didn't you ever suggest that? And so I, I think in part, I, I wonder if, if he wanted that, that call or that invitation to come from God and not from him. Hmm. And, and so I think you're so right that, that we, you know, we begin in, in prayer and asking, you know, um, our father to, to reveal that through, through his spirit. And we, we look at the different areas where we're passionate or, you know, things in the world that we care about, different gifts and abilities mm-hmm. that we have that, that the spirit of God is implanted in us or, or is empowering us to, to do. And, and in people, I mean, you, you, you know, talk about community. I just think that is so critical. Again, as I think about my own journey, you know, my, my dad never said that. And I think maybe for that reason, but I, I remember several people around me when I was a junior in high school. I mean, I remember standing in my youth pastor, uh, his office, and it was the first time somebody said to me, hey, you should think about this. Like I was just mm-hmm. a kid trying to figure it out and trying to understand what, what I should do. And, and I had a lot of my own insecurities. And he was the first person that said, hey, have you ever thought about this for these reasons? Mm. And so I think you're you're so right. I think the people that God places in our life, and uh, whether that's within our local church or family or friends, that that really see things in us and maybe even believe things for us that we don't believe about ourselves. 
Well, don't you um, also think that they, they call it out in you, but don't you also, um, don't you think they also become mirrors for you? You, you find yourself in community, right? So like when I'm in my community group or when I'm with my group of girlfriends, sometimes I see who I, who I am because who I am not because Mm, of who they are. Yeah, no, that's so true. So if you're, if you're self-aware and reflective, sometimes it comes directly. Someone calls something up in you and they say, I see this, you thought about this. Other times it's just by uh, living in community and being like, Oh, yo, that's not exactly how I think. And what I think, and what does this mean about me? And you know, right. the journey goes that way. And so I think it's really important to keep that in mind too. Absolutely. And I, I even think about just like, just getting your hands dirty, like, you know, just getting yeah. in and doing something and going, Oh, wow, I'm really bad at that. Uh, I probably should not do that. Uh, or when I did that, you know, I saw fruit, you know, and there, there were things right. that, that God did. And so I think sometimes, you know, like you said, spiritual gift inventories can be great, uh, but but even those sometimes cannot be uh, the whole picture. And so I think sometimes just getting in, just taking a step of obedience wherever you know you're at, and, and doing something and trying it out, taking a risk, yeah. a step of faith, and discovering that that you're either really energized doing that, you see God move in a certain way, or you go, boy, I probably shouldn't try that again. Right. Um, <laughs> and so those those can be really helpful too. I mean, what what kind of obstacles? do you think exist for, for people that are on that journey? I mean, as you think about, you know, maybe men or women that are listening and, and they want to, to kind of step into more fully who God created them to be and kind of become that best version of themselves. Um, I mean, what obstacles do you think exist in our culture for someone on that journey of becoming who God created them to be? I think the the most obvious would be uh, the obstacle of comparison. Mm. And, and why do we have comparison so heavily right now is because everybody's stuff's in our face, whether you're on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever that looks like. So, okay. So maybe when I was in high school, you know, or 20, 25 years ago, was comparison a thing in my life? Of course it was. It's it's, it's what we deal with, right? We live in community with people. You're going to always wonder, compare yourself into that way. However, um, in our generation, what I feel is we've got all of these things coming at us. Okay. So we've got um, everybody's opinions. We've got what they look like. We've got what they eat. And whether we realize that those things are forming us um, and they are definitely an obstacle into us being like, well, but who is Claire? You know what I mean? Like, right. so I do think um, comparison um, is really difficult right now. And tagging along um, on that is distraction. So it is the fact that we just have so much taking our attention mm-hmm. from really sitting and listening to the Lord and, um, and just, and hearing him and where he is fine tuning us. Um, sometimes he slaps us in the face, like with a big one, like, boom, like that's wrong, Claire. Um, and, (laughs) and making us who we should be and who we should not be. However, um, as I've gotten older in my faith, he's fine tuning me now. You know, I've been walking with the Lord for so long. And as I've grown in maturity, um, sometimes it's little tweaks that he is, he is actually um, calling me up into to become that best version. Well, those little tweaks, man, you gotta be, you gotta be kind of like listening and, and having uh, the ability to, again, block out all the other noises. So I think um, that tied with that also then is time, the time it takes for us to sit uh, before the Lord and to meditate and pray and journal and ask him and 
all of those different types of things. And so I think it's just the pace of our society. I think it's all the information that we have coming coming to us um, that will really keep us from that. I think those are the largest obstacles. And sometimes yeah. I think too, is we just, we also try to um, attach to something that looks close to like what we want to be mm-hmm. because we have all this comparison. So we actually might think we're the best version of ourselves because it looks like this person or, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't look that bad in comparison to other people. But what we forget is that God is always calling us up um, higher and again, sharpening us. And so we can't settle. And I think sometimes our, our, the obstacle is also that we settle a little bit because it looks good and it looks okay. And so, so do all the hundreds of people around us right. <laughs> look similar. So yeah. but we have to be on guard for that. No, I think you are you are so right. I always think of the the biblical example of that in um, you know Saul and David in in First Samuel seventeen, where hmm. you know Saul is is you know there it, it's of course you know First Samuel seventeen is the, the story of of David and Goliath, but but leading up to that, you know David of course is is anointed. He's he's called to be the armor bearer of Saul, and and he you know David shows up, and I think Saul with with good intentions says, you can't go out and fight like that. And so let me put my armor on you. And so he takes what, what has helped him and he places it on David. And I think it's in verse 38, you know, there were, where the scriptures say that that David walked around for a little bit, you know, it's paraphrased, but he, he walks around, he takes a few steps, you know, I think some translations use that and realizes that he can't wear Saul's armor. Um, Mm. and so he has to take them off. And of course, that's when he picks up what he knows and what God has gifted him and his experience Uh. of being a shepherd and takes the, you know, the, the smooth stones and and goes out and and God, you know, um, gives him that victory, gives Israel that victory. But I, I've always loved that story for what exactly what you're talking about. I just, I remember Mm. reading that going, oh, where you need to wear your own armor. And, um, you know, Saul had a different kind of armor that was effective for him in the battle. But that wasn't David's armor, and so I just think you know what you're saying is is so true that that God, in, in a in a you know similar way, is saying, oh, we just need to we need to be who we are, you know, who God says that we are. We need to wear our own armor, and, and use the gifts that He's given us, and and not somebody else. He's called us to be faithful with the gifts He's given us, not the gifts that He's given somebody else. And I always think of that that biblical example, and so I think you're you're so right. Um, you know, in that, I, I want to ask you a, a final question, because I know like what you're saying, you know, we just talk so much about, you know, becoming who God created us to be. And that's really, I, I know for you, 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 you know, you, that isn't just about us. It's not just about self-discovery, self-awareness. That's part mm-hmm. of it. But, but there's a greater reason, like we need to discover who we are, who God's created us to be, that we're loved by the father, that he calls us a son or calls us a daughter. We become aware of those gifts and those passions, but like it, it's not meant to stop there. Mm-hmm. And I know this is something that you, you're, you're passionate about, that, that God has created us to be the best version of who we are, not for our sake, but ultimately for his sake and, and for the sake of the world. And so, you know, as we think about that, growing into that identity and, and really that calling, I mean, why is discovering who we are so important for, for the sake of God's kingdom? Hmm. <sighs> I mean, it's, it's living mission minded. It's that idea that, um, that we have got a short period of time for us to tell the most important message that we have on our hearts. And so with that said, would I not want to be 
the the person that God has said, this is you and your strength, Claire. Yeah. And I want you to go out and just slay the kingdom yeah. um, because it is in my power that you're going to do it. But I'm using you. Mark, one of our pastors, he used to say, you know, we're not uh, God's plan B. We're his plan A, meaning yeah. this, you're it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so when I think like it's game time, so I think a sports analogy, you know, your coach that's ready to to like get the win. He's got his top five out there in basketball. And he's like, you guys, you've trained for this. You've, pr- you've put, put, planned for this. We've practiced. Your mindset's on. And so here we go. And so to me, it is just living with that bit of uh, spiritual fervor and zeal in Romans. It talks about that. Um, And I also think too, when we look, you know, Ephesians 10 tells us that God has works planned in advance for us to do, you know, so when I think that there is something at me in the future that God is like, Claire, it's coming. And it's going to be here. And because of your obedience to me, because because I work all things, I see all seasons and times and people, everybody that you're going to come in contact with. But Claire, I've got this for you in the future. And I need you to be what I've asked, called you to be and what I want you to be. Like, to me, that's exciting. So to say, I'm going to step into that, Lord, in the ups and downs and the way that you're chiseling me um, and becoming more like you then that is exciting for me to have so much purpose in my life. And so, again, it comes back to the mission that I have on these few, you know, 80-ish years here on earth, yep. you know, that we have, Lord willing, um, yep. and, and to really make a difference for eternity. And so I always come back to that. If I feel in any way, and I'm very careful about this um, uh, and introspective, if I feel in any way that I am starting to veer off because I want to be the best version of me for any other reason, (laughs) then primarily, I don't think it's wrong for you to be a good version of yourself to have a great career and, and, you know, provide for your family or, you know, whatever that would look like. I'm not diminishing that. But if it is not my sole purpose um, to advance the kingdom because God's got something out there, then I'm really careful about that and really try to pull myself back and anchor again um, because it's so easily to be swayed uh, by the culture and even Christian culture. So, yeah, I think it's huge for us to think that we've got to live with this zeal, with this fervor, with this mission minded. Our pastor um, who started our church plant, unfortunately, passed away of cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be about three years ago. Um, now and um, and his 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 uh, funeral, he actually was able to pre-record um, a video, wow. yeah. um, give it to us, and it was pretty powerful. But one of the things he left us with is that he says, "I want you to enter heaven with a spiritual sweat. Mm. I want you to to come and see me up here because you have worked for the kingdom." Yeah, and he was that. he he gave such a powerful vision for us in our church to do that and and what that looked like to disciple to be discipled and to disciple other people. And again, it kind of all rolls back around into really what does it look like for us to just live on mission, being the best version of ourselves as God is sanctifying us uh, day by day. Yeah, I love that. I, I think that's so, so good. And I think it's such a reminder too, like that that can be things that nobody ever sees. You know, I think when you were talking about, you know, the, the some of the obstacles that we face in our culture, mm-hmm. I think one of the obstacles that that you know that we oftentimes run into in, in living out what you, what you were just describing is that tendency to want to be seen or or to want that to be what what we would call um, something great yeah and yet what I think you see all throughout the gospels you know in God's kingdom is that it's the small stuff it's the little things it's the things that nobody is ever gonna 
write about or, or put on the cover of Christianity Today, yeah. or you know. And so, right. I think for those yes. that are listening, like this journey of becoming who God created you to be and entering into His kingdom work and and being used by God. I mean, sometimes that's stuff that that gets celebrated and and mm-hmm. people see it and they applaud it and they go, "Wow, look at look at the influence that person has had." And sometimes it, nobody ever sees it. It's the faithful mom or the parent who mm-hmm. raises and disciples their kid. Um, you know, it, it's the the faithful neighbor who is just a good neighbor uh, for 10, 15, 20 years and leads their neighbor to Christ, you know? And so I just think that, that there's so much of what you're talking about that, that is, um, that I think it's easy again, like you were saying before, for our culture to kind of distort that and, and even discourage us. And so just to encourage those that are listening, um, you know, it it is the big stuff. It's the small stuff. It's the things that get seen. It's the stuff that that's unseen as well. And I I just love that, that reminder from you. Um, and so I appreciate that. Thank you so much for um, just your wisdom and again, for your faithful, um, you know, ministry and, and witness over the years. Cause it's been almost, has it been 10 years or more yes. that, that you've been blogging? And that, cause yeah. I think that's when we first met or Ruth first met, you know, you and Courtney, I think it's been that long, hasn't it? I think you're right. I think I started in January of 2011. So okay. yeah, we're going on 10 years. Wow. So like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, thank you again for taking the time to be on Root Like Faith. I know this is going to be a huge encouragement to our listeners. And again, I'm going to link to uh, to your bio, you know, in our show notes and also to where they can, um, you know, follow you and learn more about your ministry online. And so thank you again for for joining me today. Thank you so much, Pat. It was great being here. Well, as always, you can go to our show notes on rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwenk and at Ruth Schwenk or on Facebook. And as if I don't say it enough already, we are thrilled that you are joining us and we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode.